Before we get going today, I want to invite you to join the Diabetes Psychologist community on Facebook. My new Facebook community is an opportunity for you to make this podcast much more interactive. I'll be sharing lots of tools and resources that you can use to navigate the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes, as well as facilitating discussions and going live so you can get even more support in navigating the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. To join the Diabetes Psychologist community on Facebook, go to facebook.com forward slash the Diabetes Psychologist community. There's also a link to join in the show notes for this episode. I really can't wait to welcome you into the Diabetes Psychologist community on Facebook. I will see you there. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. I want you to take a minute and think back to when you were a child and think about who your role models were. I remember when I was little, I loved baseball and I was a San Diego Padres fan. And my role model was Tony Gwynn. I wanted to be exactly like him. I wanted to be able to hit like him. I wanted to be as nice of a guy as he was. He's just someone I looked up to. I really tried to model my life after him. And I certainly wasn't as good as he was at baseball, but he gave me something to strive for. I think that we all need role models in our life to help us see what we can become and help us see what we can do in our lives. And this includes our lives with diabetes. Do you have any diabetes role models? Do you have people in your life who have diabetes, who you can look up to, and who inspire you to be the best that you can be? And if you don't, no worries. Today's podcast may give you some inspiration to help find your role model with type 1 diabetes. My guest on the podcast today is Christina Laskarova, and Christina wrote a book called Yes, You Can, Living and Loving Life with Type 1 Diabetes. In this book, Christina interviewed inspiring individuals from around the world doing amazing things with type 1 diabetes. These are sports people, astronauts, celebrities, actors, and everyday individuals who are living happy, healthy, and full lives with type 1 diabetes. The stories in this book are truly inspirational, and they can help us see what's possible with diabetes to give us the role models that we need to inspire us to do great things with diabetes. Doing great things is exciting, but it's also scary, especially with type 1 diabetes. And we can all use someone who has gone before us, made some mistakes that we can learn from, and pave the way to help us find our way in living a full, productive, and healthy life with type 1 diabetes. This book is a great resource to help us along that path. Here's my conversation with Christina. Well, Christina, thank you so much for joining me today. I really am excited to talk to you about your book. Thank you, Mark, for having me today on your podcast. Looking forward to sharing my story with you. Yeah, well, let's start with your story. I like to start with asking people about their story with diabetes and how they're diagnosed and how their diagnosis has, has set them forth in the life with diabetes. So tell us about your life with diabetes. So 
I was diagnosed at the age of three. So I guess all the burden of being diagnosed went on my parents. I cannot remember anything of it. So it was mainly their responsibility to handle it uh, and to teach me to live with diabetes, really. But uh, out of what they were telling me, it's that I've always been a very active child. Uh, very active, but then suddenly I just became sluggish. I started to be absolutely inactive. I was drinking as a three-year-old four to six liters a day, and which is like quite a lot for, for that age. And uh, yes, my mom having uh, a medical background, she understood that something is not okay she she did have this feeling that I have diabetes so as soon as she as they took me to the hospital they measured my she asked the doctors to measure my blood sugar they did so and uh, it ended up uh, like her her fears came true I would say my blood sugar was like 52 millimorphs per liter which is just a little bit over 900 mg per liter which uh, per deciliter, I'm sorry. So it was uh, like everybody started to be like quite panicking, but of course it was all right. And um, I must say after this, everybody just got happy that they knew what, what the problem was for my behavior. And uh, I can't remember any of this, as you can imagine. So I do call myself sort of a almost a lucky person for not having to make major adjustments in my life due to diabetes. So how diabetes is basically the only way I know of living. I, I can't imagine how it could be to eat something without really thinking about it. So yes, this is this is my story of being diagnosed and I'm very happy for my parents to uh, for taking the like huge amount of responsibility back at the time. Where were you living when you were diagnosed? In Hungary. So I was okay. born and raised in Budapest, Hungary. And uh, this is where exactly I got diagnosed. And you're living in London right now? In London, United Kingdom, yes. And I'm curious, living in Hungary when you were diagnosed, what are the differences between diabetes care in Hungary and in the United Kingdom? That's a very good question. So Hungary is... So my, my parents are originally Russian, but we were, I was born and raised in Hungary. And the Russian and Hungarian culture about diabetes is very similar. So it's a little bit hidden. So people are afraid. People don't really talk about it. You don't really know what is going on. So it's very rare that you meet someone who wears openly a Dexcom or a Libra. So you can't really hear people talking about it because oh my God, he might be a weirdo, you know, like this is what people think. And uh, unfortunately, this is even worse in Russia where I was hearing horror stories about children with diabetes going to school in the morning and uh, not injecting or checking their blood sugar for the entire day. And our, our schools are quite strict, like it's quite hard to like, to do basically the workload, it's quite a long day. And by the time they would come back, they would have they would be in their twenties, their blood sugar. So I think this is something also that um, uh, motivated me to write the book. 
to be honest, like to show the international aspect. But when I came here to London, I got quite surprised by how open people were, by how big the community of diabetics we have here, and how even organizations like Diabetes UK, JDRF, uh, like how, how they're promoting diabetes, and how I saw other people with Libras and Dexcoms. Like it, it was just absolutely so amazing. And uh, yeah, so basically I would say this is the huge difference between, between uh, Hungary and the United Kingdom. In terms of medical supplies, we are quite similar. So in Hungary, as in the UK, London, uh, it's uh, like uh, insulin, it's free. So we, mm-hmm. we receive it by, by prescription. Yeah. And in thinking about the mental health aspects of diabetes and how it affects people emotionally in Hungary, in, in Russia, if people are hiding it and so ashamed of it, that must have a really big impact on them. And coming to the UK and where people are much more open and much more accepting, that must have been very exactly. freeing for you. Exactly. It, it was. Well, to be honest, uh, my parents were quite exceptions. So they were always telling me to be proud of of diabetes to not to never hide it to always raise my voice if something is not okay and it was quite easy for me to follow it because everybody I didn't really understand why people are hiding it because everybody seemed to be so understanding and so so like I've never been considered as someone disadvantaged when I when I said I have diabetes kids would still play with me I and it was totally fine. I just didn't understand why people around would not raise their voice. So this was this was the problem. But it like gladly I'm very grateful to my parents for they they were so accepting and that they actually showed me that, you know what, well, it's okay to be proud of yourself. That's very important. Like it it it, it was it was uh, in my nature since since the very beginning. So I knew that diabetes was part of me and I didn't really care what people around thought about that. Do you have any idea why culturally in Russia and Hungary, people are so secretive and so close to the vest about their diabetes? Uh, I think, I think that's a very socially quite a hard question to, to answer, but I think it's not only about diabetes. It's rather that people like being similar, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's rather that we like trends. We like, to be like a lot of people. Maybe it's changing now, of course. So I think that the further we go, the more the more international both countries are, the better, the, like the more accepting we are. But back in the days, it was rather because we would like to be like the crowd. I think that's my, that's my suggestion. While here in the UK, this entire international gathering, everybody, everybody is unique. It started earlier. So I think this kind of uniqueness here in London is much more valued. However, I must admit that when I came here to the UK, uh, even though people accepted and even though people said uh, set out that they have diabetes, they would say, like, still, they would find excuses for not doing certain things because they have diabetes. So there still, it was like a little bit of a question mark for me. Like, why not? Like, for example, I don't do sports. I don't, uh, I don't pursue certain 
activities that I want because I have diabetes. So this this was still a question mark for me. However, like we could still discuss the matter of having diabetes. And I think that you hit the nail on the head there when you said that it's not really about diabetes, keeping it uh, to yourself isn't always about diabetes. It's about how you want to be and how you want to be seen. And diabetes may be that one thing that we're talking about now, but you could put any challenge in that place. And it's always, it's, it's always the same thing. And so what I found in my work is that oftentimes people's challenge with diabetes aren't really about diabetes. They're about them. And diabetes is a thing getting in the way, but something else would get in the way if they didn't have diabetes. So it's an interesting lesson to learn. And culturally, I think that's an important thing to recognize um, from your background, how that impacts you and how it impacts people from your countries. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. So it's a matter of, of um, accepting yourself as the way you are and not really about diabetes itself. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your book. You have, you've written a book called Yes, You Can, Living and Loving Life with Type 1 Diabetes. And I want to hear, before we talk about the book, I want to hear about what prompted you to write the book. So when I was a child, my help, my parents would always um, inspire me to pursue my dreams to, like, just as I said earlier, they would they would always say, like, you're just a normal person and, you know, like, you have no excuses whatsoever. You can do whatever you want. You, you can fly, you can, uh, well, I used to be a professional dancer, swimmer. I used to do professional golf. So I used to draw, like, honestly, I was such an active child. And, uh, but when I started to meet up with other diabetics here, here in London even, I started to meet people who would tell me they don't do certain activities in their life because they have diabetes. So to me, it was such a turning point. Like I couldn't, I knew I don't have the power to tell people or to pursue people that, you know, like actually you can, like, you know, you actually can do that. So I started reaching out to uh, more influential people on social media who actually put their life out there and who show that they can do a lot of things with diabetes and that they live a healthy and happy life. Uh, for example, uh, as, as I have in my book, I reached out to a Russian singer, celebrity. We have a Spanish astronaut. We have a Brazilian car racing champion. We have a British singer uh, and like a British uh, news uh, news presenter, just to name a few. And we also have just everyday happy individuals who perfectly manage their blood sugar and like live a happy life with diabetes. And so I just collected their stories to show everyone that actually you can, so you can live, like, look at this, like, look at everyone, look at them, like, we actually can live a happy and active life, because I'm always a, I do believe in the fact that we all can shape with some effort our lives into however we want it to be, it might sound a little bit naive, but there are so many people who actually prove that it's possible, and I just wanted to share it with the world. 
I love what you said about you can't convince somebody else that they can do something or you can't convince them something else, someone else that diabetes won't get in their way with your words. But what you can do is you can show people's other, you can show other people's stories and through those stories, people can see what's possible. I I found the same thing for myself in my work and that telling people stories and helping people to see other people, including myself living well with diabetes really helps take down those barriers and help you help people see what's possible as opposed to just those words of, Oh, yes, you, yes, you can. Cause those words are empty, but the stories are really full of lots of strength and lots of inspiration and the ability to see what's possible from other people and then follow that model. Absolutely. And especially when you find such a collection as we ended up having where you can see really, really different individuals, like those who were diagnosed at a very young age, those who were diagnosed uh, in their teens, to those who were diagnosed in their 30s and 40s with type 1 diabetes. And everybody is handling it, and everybody seems to be doing perfectly fine. So tell me about the book and how it's structured and what sorts of things people can find in the book. So... The book is a collection of stories of all the people whom whom I've mentioned, along with my background. So, uh, well, in the book, we share our best practices on the most important topics, like how to tell others that you have diabetes, how to eat in and out, how to manage activities, traveling, careers, how to approach mental health. And uh, finally, we closed the book with uh, advice from parents of some of our participants who, who tell them how they, how they approached their children when they were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And uh, the context of how the book is structured goes chronologically from my earliest stages, as, as I, did, I was describing my life from start until... Uh, until later times, like when I started university and when I started working. So I could present real life experiences of my own to every topic that we've covered. So based, based on this structure, in every, in every topic that I mentioned, somebody had to say more, than, uh, more in one topic than in another topic. So some people are really good in careers some people are absolutely great in mental health others are absolutely brilliant in uh, giving advice to their children so and this this was the course so i wanted to make sure that i have i have people who are really good in in every field in every topic that, that we were talking about and i've read the book and i found it to be a great step-by-step guide of living with diabetes and living well with diabetes in all the areas of our lives. I think we talk about diabetes so often as a umbrella term and life as an umbrella term, but when we break it down into specific areas of our lives, friendships, relationships, uh, work, school, that's where the rubber hits the road. And that's where you really do a great job at showing people, you know, what's worked for you, what has worked for other people and how they can deal with the challenges that they're experiencing in whatever area of their life they're in right now. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, this was also one of the core goals with the book, to really show that, honestly, there is no one-size-fits-all with diabetes in every area of our life. It's, it's just a great overview of showing how, how, we, how, how various people manage it, who manages it successfully. If you find it useful, then you can take all the advice for yourself, but also it shows that it's really different for everyone. Like, uh, and we, we can handle the same issue differently and successfully. Are there any stories from the book that stick out to you as your favorites or the most inspirational that you found from talking to folks with diabetes around the world? Yes, definitely so. And especially it was it was a lot of interviews to go through in the very beginning. So in each chapter, we had to carefully select every interview we had to carefully go through. So which one is, uh, is, is the one that we, we thought would speak the most to our readers because also we wanted to make it accurate and we wanted to make sure that, it, that the book keeps on being engaging. Yeah. So which stories stuck out, stuck out to you the most? Uh, probably I was, I was truly inspired. Oh, wow. That's a good question. Uh, there are a few. I, I was obviously truly inspired by Jose Fejo, our mountaineer and astronaut who with type 1 diabetes, he went through all the peaks in the world who has been everywhere and who has a black belt karate in karate, who is uh, training to be the first ever astronaut with type 1 diabetes. So to me, that was, uh, whoa, like, you know what, really no excuses. Like if somebody can do that, then <laughs> when I was writing the book and I was sharing all the stories with the people who are close to me and when, when we were really in, engaged in, in this, that everybody like my my you know my family members like you could write a story just about hosu like it's just so it's just so incredible you know like all these challenges are by themselves quite like not easy but having with diabetes it's just it's just incredible but of course it's not it's not the only not the only story that would uh, surprise me to be honest everybody has had something to tell that yeah that would really surprise me and everybody has a story with diabetes. There, our diabetes stories are really powerful. And even if you feel like you're struggling with diabetes and it's really overwhelming for you, you have a story. And that story is important to you, but it's also important to the people around you in the diabetes community to help us learn from you. And we can all learn from each other. I think that's really what um, I took away from the book is how do we learn from each other um, and be inspired, but also be supportive to folks who are having challenges. Absolutely. And I, I do believe that we all have challenges with diabetes at some point. So it, but it's, uh, diabetes is something that, you know, like it's just unpredictable. We need to sometimes from a mental perspective, just let it go. And uh, what we will remember in the end is actually the, the fact that we persevered, the, the fact that we just went further, and uh, the fact that we reached our goal, or just or just that we live a happy and active life with type 1 diabetes. Absolutely. So if someone were to read your book, 
what is the one thing that you would hope that they would take away from the book? Um, so I would say that as, as a person whose mom invested a lot of time and a lot of energy when I was diagnosed with diabetes and as a person who has heard a lot from other folks who were just recently diagnosed with diabetes, I hope that this book for them, for the new, new, newly diagnosed people and or their acquaintances will show that there is life, there is amazing life with type 1 diabetes and that nobody needs to give up anything. So it's just a new lifestyle to be adjusted to. It might take some effort, it might take some time, but it's absolutely manageable and it's absolutely possible to live the life you always wanted to live with type 1 diabetes. And uh, for those people who've already had diabetes and maybe struggling with it at, at some point of their time, I hope that this book will show that or even inspire them and show them that there can be ups and downs, but as long as you find your way and put in the effort to have diabetes, to, to work with diabetes and befriend diabetes, it will be your friend and not your enemy. Yeah, I love that. One of the things that I think about a lot and that I work on a lot is helping people to get unstuck and to feel like diabetes is not holding them back or getting in their way. And you're right. We're going to have challenges. People are going to feel burnt out or anxious or frustrated or distressed about diabetes. But if that those feelings don't get in our way of doing the things we want to do, those feelings become a lot easier to deal with because they're there and they're uncomfortable, but they're not stopping you. And if, they, if things don't stop you, then you feel free and flexible. And that's really what we want to live in our lives with diabetes. Absolutely. And what you're, what you're saying now is true, not only for diabetes. So I, I'm also a big believer of the fact that everybody has their own challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, everyone. It's just for us, we have diabetes. And it was a bit easier to pinpoint that, hey, I have diabetes. For others, it might be financial struggles. For others, it might be for family or work or I don't know. But uh, I do believe that everybody has their own challenges, and it's just that with diabetes we have we have something to really easily point out. So whenever whatever whatever you're fighting with, or whatever you are trying to be friends with, I would say <laughs> it, it takes a matter of time and perseverance, and you can always make any situation to be your friend and uh, and achieve achieve whatever you want. Achieve the life you want. Where can people find your book? People can find my book by going on Amazon and typing in Yes, You Can, Living and Loving Life with Type 1 Diabetes, or on Instagram at Yes, You Can underscore T1D. And I will make sure that I put all of that information in the show notes for this episode. So if you want to find Christina's book, you can find the links in the show notes of the episode. So please uh, look there. And finally, Christina, I want to ask you the question that I ask everybody who comes on this podcast. And that is, what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten about how to deal with the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes? 
I would say it's in any way that I would deal with any emotional challenge, not only with diabetes. And to me, it's it's getting to sports. For me, sports are my absolute uh, retreat, de-stress, and uh, my ultimate go-to. And whenever I have something not okay, I just go for a run, go for a walk, whatever I can afford at the moment. And uh, to me, this is my biggest emotional health. And the other thing, if you, if you allow me a second one very quickly, then it's just uh, occasionally things do go wrong with diabetes and just let it go. So it's, it's, it's one day, two days, but it's okay to sometimes have a bad day. It's absolutely okay as long as you remember that what you need to do after to get on track. Great advice. Well, Christina, congratulations on the book. I'm excited to be able to continue reading it, recommending it to other people. And thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Mark. It was an absolute pleasure. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor. Hop on over to Apple Podcasts, follow the podcast, and also leave a five-star rating and review. That helps me get the word out to other type ones who could really benefit from this podcast. Also, I always love hearing from my listeners, so please send me an email to mark at thediabetespsychologist.com or DM me on Instagram at thediabetespsychologist. I love hearing your questions, your comments, and your feedback about this podcast. And finally, be sure to tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode of the podcast. And remember, type 1 diabetes isn't easy, but you can have an easier time with it. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Podcast.